How's it going? Bonnie Violet here. I am a queer chaplain. I'm a trans, femme, genderqueer, spiritual drag artist, and digital chaplain. I did say that already. And in case you don't know where you are, you found yourself at Dragon Spirituality. Um, this is my um, super exciting series for me, The Idaho Drag is Divine. Um, and um, my guest this evening is Buck Delicious, and I'll be bringing them on in just a second. But for folks who haven't been here, before. Um, if you're watching us either live on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, feel free to interact with us in the comments. We'll engage with you as much as we can. If you are coming across this later on a podcast, still, you know, interact with us, leave comments, um, and you can get connected with us via the links in the description. Also, if you're wanting to see what we look like, um, you can check out the YouTube link in the description as well. If you're listening on a podcast, just uh, you know, check out our looks because we did um, we did put some looks together tonight for you. So. Um, I'm not going to belabor this anymore. I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much Hi, for having me. Hi, how are me. you? I'm good. I'm, good. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. So, so glad that you're here. Um, do you want to give like a brief little introduction of, of yourself? Yeah. Hi. Um, my name is Buck Delicious. I am um, the assistant director for the Gender Tainers, which is a local drag thing troupe here in Boise. Um, I'm a drag king with the Lesbian Kings, um, and I use they them pronouns. Um, and I'm a drag king slash thing here in Boise, Idaho. Awesome. Thanks for that little intro. Um, and um, I usually start off with, um, you know, going talking about childhood stuff, which I know can be kind of hard for folks, um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe what you were taught um, in relation to spirituality or religion as a young person. Yeah, so um, I was raised Catholic as a kid. Um, you know, the whole church school thing, the church on Sundays. Um, and then when I was about eight or nine years old, we just kind of stopped going to church. And so spirituality became less of a part of my life. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I briefly kind of dabbled in Christianity for a little while before kind of discovering that it wasn't quite for me. So spirituality hasn't really necessarily been a very big part of my life um, in adulthood. However, I will say that I do believe in energy. And I think that there's a lot of great energy in our drag community and in the world right now. Yes. And was there anything particular that kind of took you away from the spiritual aspect or spiritual worlds or just, just didn't really click? So for me, um, Catholicism and Christianity, um, they just didn't really click for me. It wasn't something that, you know, felt right. Um, my parents divorced when I was about eight years old, and I was obviously too young to understand, but we stopped going to church around the same time. So one could connect the dots and maybe say that maybe my mom didn't, wasn't particularly welcome in the church at that point because of her divorce. I mean, these are just conclusions that I've drawn in adulthood, right. but I will say that, um, you know, around that time we stopped going and it was not something even in adulthood, looking back on my lessons that I learned um, based on Catholicism, it wasn't really something that felt right to me. Um, but what has felt right in adulthood is energy and believing mm -hmm. in good energy and positive energy. And so I think that, you know, you can find that good energy everywhere. 
um, whether it be in people or food or <laughs> clothing or things that make you feel good. And so I think that there's a lot of good energy out there. And I think, I mean, I suppose that that's as spiritual as I get, but I like yeah. it. I think it works for me. Yeah, it sounds like spiritual stuff to me. How do you engage with the energy or not? Do you like create it yourself or do you just notice it? Or what's your relationship with it, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no, of course. Um, I uh, I feel it a lot of the time, um, but I also engage with it. I create it um, in cooking, especially. Um, cooking is a very special thing to me. I learned to cook from my Grammy. Um, and I think that there's no greater act of self-love, of self-healing and self worth than feeding your body nourishing and delicious food and feeding others nourishing and delicious food. And so cooking for me has been a big part of putting energy out into the world and giving myself that energy um, physically and emotionally and mentally as well. That's awesome. Um, we have a, a rock metal tarot on YouTube is saying hello. Hi. So, hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, and so let's go ahead and jump right into drag. What, what was your first time? What was the first time you saw drag? Like, oh my God, I will never forget this. Um, so technically I have two firsts that I'm going to use. Um, I was in a musical called nine to five. Um, I did it through stagecoach theater here in town. And we did a fundraiser show. Um, I was also in the Boise, um, gay men's and women's chorus. And um, we did a fundraiser show that night. Um, and I don't remember, this was way back when, and I don't remember what the cause was, but Denim Kane performed Todrick Hall's Low. And I was a big Todrick Hall fan. I did not know at the time that that was drag. Um, I just saw a very gorgeous woman dancing and lip syncing to Todrick Hall. And of course I was living. I was a closeted gay at the time, but I was living. Um, and then the first time I saw a drag king perform, um, it was the third Friday in July, 2021. And I had stumbled into the balcony club uh, with my wife. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but now she's my wife. Mm. Um, and we were planning to, you know, dance and hang out. And I was in a mint bikini. It was cute. It was an ocean themed night, we were told. Um, what I didn't know, though, was that a drag show would be happening. And I walked in toward the end of this drag show and Willie Munster was on stage and um, they were just doing this gorgeous number inspired by the ocean. And because it was an ocean themed show, it was a lesbian King show. And I had never seen somebody be so unapologetically authentically themselves before. Um, they were in just this gorgeous costume, lip syncing the li their life. Just, it was just amazing. And I remember like looking at them and being like, oh my God, I want to do that. Mm. And so I did drag in my bedroom the next week and I looked horrible. You know, at the time mm -hmm. I thought I was hot shit. I was like, yeah, I'm a hot guy. Of course I am at the time mm -hmm. um but of course everybody's first time in drag like you don't look <laughs> great usually yeah. unless you have somebody experienced doing your makeup for you um and when you did, did it, it at home what did that what did that look like god it was well at the time i had really long brown hair curly long brown hair like probably shorter than yours and definitely not as thick but <laughs> probably about here curly brown hair 
I looked, I did, I, at the time I was married to this guy. And so he was my ex-husband. Um, I had one of my ex-husband's shirts on. I had like this awful beard, horrible mm. beard that I stippled <laughs> on with cream and it was like smudged and horrible. Like it just did not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do any kind of contour. I just did my eyebrows really thick and this horrible beard. And I mm-hmm. thought I was such hot shit. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure was, you were. <laughs> I was not hot shit. I was not hot shit. Um, it's funny now looking back because I love the way that my makeup is now. And so I'll look back and I'll be like, oh my God, why, why, why? Right, um, right. But, you know, I did ma- ma- like my drag makeup in my room, you know, a week later. And, and then you, on, I was oh, going to say, did you go out with that look or did you no. just for yourself? I took a lot of very cringy photos and uh, videos that are still up on my Instagram, by the way, if you mm-hmm. want to go check them out. Buck Delicious, <laughs> the drag king. It's like my first post. It was July 17th. Um, just if you want to go look. <laughs> um, they were bad. Um, but then in September, I started performing. And, you know, I found the Lesby Kings, or I guess I should say the Lesby Kings found me. They were great and welcoming and loving. And so I started performing and it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What, what, I mean, what is it that, um, what do you love most about drag? I think... That's hard because there's so much I love about it. Um, I think that what I love the most is being able to be unapologetically myself. Um, And I think that's what, you know, brought me to it in the first place, right? Was seeing somebody else be unapologetically themselves. Um, At the time, I was in a career where I was kind of forced to be this like very palatable version of me um for a really long time i mean i'm i was a news reporter like i was on tv like i was like i had to look a certain way i had to act a certain way i had to have my hair a certain way and i had to do my makeup a certain way to be palatable Mm -hmm. um and when you kind of shove who you are deep 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 down i mean i've lived my whole life trying to be what other people want me to be yeah and So when I saw Willie being unapologetically themselves and not giving a fuck about what anybody, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but not caring and just not giving a fuck about what anybody had to say about it. Um, I was like, my God, I have wanted to do that my whole life and I've been too scared to do it. And Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going is just. Is it? So does it just. Right. So it just gives you a place where you can be be who you want to be or express yourself in a way that you want to be. Is it only on stage or? No, it's given me the courage to do it in all aspects of my life. Um, so like I said before, like I was this like super palatable, straight passing, cis passing girl. Um, you know, I looked like the girl next door. I had long brown hair and I had You know, my makeup was, you know, whatever. Like, I just did it to be palatable, um, to please other people. And drag taught me, I don't have to do that. I can just be who I want. 
like whoever that is. And I realized through drag that I'm genderqueer. I realized that I'm a lesbian. I realized that I was wildly unhappy in the life that I was trying to force myself to live and that I didn't have to live that way anymore. Mm. Yeah. So. And drag was a big part of kind of pulling you out of all that? Drag was a huge part. And honestly, without drag, I don't think I would, I would have, you know, I, I, the cool thing, people think that drag is just about rhinestones and makeup and wigs, but it's not, mm. it's not, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Because I had never felt, you know, I'm the kind of person in a crowd, or at least I was, I was the kind of person in a crowd that like people didn't look twice at. I was kind of the person who just kind of, I was invisible for all intents and purposes. And that was like the point was I wanted to be palatable and invisible. And drag made me feel seen mm -hmm. for the first time in my life, seen and not only seen, but seen for who I really was. Right. Like I had never had people want to get to know me, the real me before. And right. after I got off stage, you know, people wanted to know and they wanted to be my friend, but not because of this weird personality I was putting forward, but because they <laughs> wanted to know who I was and me. And yeah. I would not have found that without drag. Yeah. It's so wild to think that you were working in media and on the news and like doing all these sorts of things and you didn't feel scene you know what i mean like, yeah i know it's it feels ironic, so it? yeah yeah it feels really ironic but i totally like i totally understand and i think most people who are probably listening or watching can understand that as well and i wanted to acknowledge tony tony's been saying a couple of things tony says i love the series hello bonnie and buck amazing outfit um thank you yes and some uh hand pink waving face red heart shape <laughs> so they're really enjoying the podcast i'm so glad that you could join us tony oh thank uh, you so much tony yes i wanted to try to acknowledge them right quick <laughs> yeah. um as as we moved on and so um you talked a little bit about um like how, how drag is kind of taking you into these other identities around maybe sexuality, sexual orientation, gender. Can you talk maybe a little bit more about your, your gender expression and your day to day? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, Buck, the character, Buck, the guy is, um, Buck, the drag king, I should say, um, uh, they are gender fluid. Um, I also in my day to day life am gender fluid. Um, and, the thing, I mean, something that we've chatted about before is that like, sometimes I am a guy sometimes, you know, and whether that's in drag or out of the drag or out of drag, sometimes I am a guy. Um, and so I like that I can use both the king and the thing label because sometimes I am a drag king. Sometimes I'm a guy. Um, but sometimes I'm a girl, um, whether I'm in or drag or out. Um, but most of the time I'm just buck. And right. I think that, you know, this, this way that I can explore the binary through drag is really, really special because people think, okay, like a lot of people, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people tend to think of drag as like, oh, you're a woman dressing up as a man, or you're a man dressing up as a woman. Right. Um, I think a lot of people think that way. I mean, I work at Crazy Neighbor, 
Um, and you know, I, I put wigs on people all the time. And when I tell them I do drag, they get really confused. Usually mm. I get what's a drag king or what's a drag thing. But even people who know what drag is a lot of the time, they're like, but you're a girl. And I'm like, mm. not a girl, but no, I see right, your point. Yeah. Um, but the thing is drag is a lot more than, you know, one gender dressing up as another, um, right. you know, it, it's, I would liken it more to theater and I would liken it to how, you know, a, a woman can play a pants role or a woman can play a female role or, you know, a non-binary person can play any kind of role they want or whatever. The point is, um, the point of drag is that you're putting this character on and that character can transcend gender if you want it to. Um, you know, sometimes your character is a woman and, you know, you have AFAB queens who are people assigned female at birth who want to have a feminine, you know, drag persona, which is great. Um, you know, you have AMAB drag kings, you know, people who are assigned male at birth who want to do a male persona and that's okay. And sometimes, and you have all kinds of different people doing all kinds of different drags. So I want to really talk about that, like misconception that like, drag is a cis person dressing up as the opposite gender because that's just not true it can be yeah. anybody dressing up as anybody mm -hmm. and like as a and would you say that you're trans would you put gen i know since not everyone who says they're gender fluid would say that that's trans would you say that you're trans or definitely no. um okay. i i do identify as trans i'm under the trans umbrella um I wouldn't say that like I'm a trans man per se, but I'm definitely gender fluid, definitely under that trans umbrella for sure. Cool. Yeah, and because I, I I think it's a, it's probably an interesting experience. I'm a trans person as well, and yeah. so I think and and for me, drag has really allowed me to find my transness and to live into my transness. But I think sometimes I've often, when it comes to my drag persona and who I am in person they're both more feminine, right? Even though, um, and and I think I think initially when I first started doing drag, I felt like it would need to be the opposite, I think, because I did start out as a cis man who was doing female drag. And then I thought, oh, but if I'm a femme, a femme, femme, femme person, then I must do masculine drag. And so I think it's, I think it's great for us to be able to talk about that so people can realize that um, you don't have, you know, like you can just do whatever feels good for you. Exactly. And that that might change too, you mm -hmm. know, throughout your journey. You know, for me, when I started, um, when I started doing drag, I was like very hyper masculine, like exclusively masculine. Um, and I didn't do a lot of like I didn't play a lot with the gender binary originally when I started doing drag. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of figured out that I was gender queer that I kind of had this moment with myself where I was like, am I allowed to do this? Is this uh -huh. like breaking some kind of rule? But the thing is, there are no rules because it's drag. You can kind of do whatever you want. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, you don't have to, if you start out super feminine, you don't have to stay feminine the whole time you do drag. You know, that, that person that you are, that persona that you've created, it can change and that's okay. Mm -hmm. you know? And you had, you had mentioned that you um, were, were married to a man previously, and now you're married to a woman. And I, and so how has drag impacted your, uh, I guess I want to say love, we'll say love life. <laughs> love life. <laughs> we can use love life. That's fine. Yeah. I'll talk love life. 
Um, so I am a polyamorous person. Um, so I actually have two partners. Um, I have Dante Diamante, who is um, a drag king slash thing as well. Um, okay. And then I have Cora Whore, who is also a drag thing slash queen. So they're all um, good with the drag. <laughs> very much so, yes. Yeah. We're, we're all drag performers. Our house is packed with drag. I'm actually in our drag room right now and there's a closet over to this side that's like covered in drag behind where the camera is set up. There's a huge hat wall. There's a ton of makeup. It's a thing. Um, but sounds my, like heaven to me, but <laughs> it, it's amazing. Seriously, yeah. living with like multiple drag performers is great. Um, Derek Duche lives here too. So like there's some of nice. their stuff here. So, you know, but doing drag is such a lovely thing, um, especially when you have a polycule, um, because I have gotten to love such unique parts of my partners that I feel like a lot of the time you wouldn't get to. You know, drag is such a, can be, not always, but can be such a vulnerable thing. Um, yeah. Sharing your art on stage is really sharing a piece of you and bearing that piece of you. And, you know, to see that and to see them put these pieces together, to put the performances together, to put looks together, it's a really vulnerable thing for a partner mm -hmm. to see. And it's a really loving thing as well to celebrate them and celebrate their journeys in drag. Because like I said before, it's such a personal thing and it's different for everybody. Right. Um, I was originally married to a man. Um, so I was with him for five years. Um, from the time we were 18. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned a lot when I was with him. Um, but I started doing drag um, about a year after we were married. Um, and he was polyamorous also. And so I started seeing my now wife um, actually about almost two years ago, two years ago in April. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but uh, I remember that, you know, as I started doing drag, there was a moment um, probably about three, four months into my drag career where I kind of just cried to him and I said, oh, my God, I'm a lesbian. And he kind of held me and he said, I know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it was kind of this moment of like, I understand that this is who you are and you can't change it. And I understand and I still love you and I want you to live your life. And so we, it was a very amicable divorce, but you know, it was, it was hard. You know, it was really hard. Um, you know, for, for five years of my life, I had built yeah. a life with this person and he was my best friend. And, you know, coming out as a lesbian meant that that was never gonna be the same ever again. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard. But I also found a lot of healing through drag. I've done a lot of drag about it, actually. Um, you know, I've used I've done numbers where I've used my wedding dress, my real wedding dress. Um, it's actually on my couch right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I've also after I was done with my, you know, numbers with my wedding dress where I felt I'd healed from it. Um, I actually gave it to a local drag queen, Miss um, Wafer, and she looks so happy in it and so beautiful mm. in it. Like I, when I saw her in it for the first time, I cried <laughs> because I was like, you look 
happier and more beautiful in it and so authentically you in it than I have ever looked in it. And it made me so joyous to see. Yeah. You, yes. And uh, Julie, who's watching, says that's really beautiful. They loved hearing you share all that with us. And you had mentioned that when you first saw that drag performance with the Lesby Kings, that there was like, a, it sounded like there was a story or something that was being told. Can you share with us maybe a story you've told in your drag? Oh, gosh, uh, I have a lot. I'm um, sure, maybe just one that just kind of pops out to you. Just one. Um, gosh, I just finished doing um, a competition. I just finished Boise's Next Drag Superstar, um, Kings, season two. And my finale number was one that meant a lot to me. And it was to Wildflower. Um, the look was just very purple. Um, and something that was really special about it was it was a number dedicated to my wife. Um, she came to me in one of the darkest points in my life that I've ever had. And I met her at a point where I trigger warning, um, but I didn't really want to be here anymore. Um, and she changed everything. I had never felt so loved. And there's a very specific way when you when you love someone, this is hard. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a very specific way when you love someone, especially when you're, you know, when you come out as queer. Um, you know, I had never loved someone that way. And she came to me and created this beautiful springtime in my life. And so that number wildflower was all about this gorgeous garden, if you'll pardon the metaphor, that mm. she planted in my life. And now she gets to see the garden bloom and all of the oh. flowers bloom. And so that number was all about her and celebrating her work as the gardener. Wow, that's 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 a great story to share. <laughs> uh, that's so special. And thank you for sharing, sharing so much of yourself with that. Uh, it's appreciated. Um, so you had, I also know that you are now part of the Lesby Kings, correct? Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit? I know that you're involved in a lot of different, um, groups and you're doing a lot of different things in the community. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, about those, uh, groups. Yeah. So, um, like you mentioned, I'm part of the Lesby Kings. Um, I do shows with them, you know, here and there. I work with them. Um, of course, a great bunch of folks. I've actually gotten to work with Willie Munster, which has been really cool. Um, you know, I, you know, I get to work with Van and Otto and Gunner, and they're all just wonderful people. Um, but I'm also in a drag thing troupe, which is cool because I get to see both sides. I get to explore both sides. You know, I get to explore my androgyny, but I also get to explore this like masculine side of my drag. So I get, I kind of get the best of both worlds, really. Um, you know, as the gender tainers, I'm the assistant director there and, you know, working with them and 
creating a space for non-binary and trans um, artists, just genderqueer artists as a whole has been really, really, really cool. Um, we actually have our Trans Day Visibility Show coming up on April 1st, which is nice. going to be really cool. That's at the Balcony Club. And I'm in that one. And I'm really excited because there's going to be a group number with um, the entire cast of Boise's Next Drag Superstar Season 2, which I think, I'm not for sure Z's, so don't quote me on this, but I right. think um, it's the first all queer, or all gen all queer. I think it's the first all gender queer cast we've had of the NDS. Oh, awesome. um, I'm not for sure Z's on that, but we're all gender queer, which is really cool. So we're going to be in the Trans Day Visibility Show. Um, but being in multiple groups has been really great. Um, you know, it's given me such an opportunity to make connections in so many different ways and learn about drag and how drag can look a million and a half different ways. You know, you've got your automanics who do like this cool, like hyper-masculine drag and you've got Willie Munster who does like these cool creatures, but still on the masculine side, you have, you know, Kenny the doll who does creature drag, but, you know, has this blend of feminine and masculine and you have all of these cool, cool artists that I get to just hang out with and learn from. And what cooler, what cooler thing than that? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's really special and magical and very much the best of both worlds. Yeah. And you had, you, you also identify with doing drag lesque. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I, when I first started performing, I mean, I first started doing theater way back when. But um, when I was 18, I started dabbling a little bit in burlesque. And mm -hmm. something that I've always really admired was burlesque performers have just this gorgeous way of telling stories with their bodies. They don't lip sync, or they can, I suppose I should say, but a lot of the time they don't. Um, but I loved that burlesque performers they have this way of using their bodies to just tell stories. And it's so gorgeous. You know, they can tell so much with just a little bit of a glove peel or a stocking pole or anything like that. You know, choreography, floor work, you know, there's just so many ways that they use their bodies to tell stories. And I think that's so magical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting to, in my drag, I really wanted to incorporate elements of that storytelling with my body. I mean, I look at performers like Muff Jones. I look at you know, performers like Aiden Ann Terry's, I look at Ferryman, you know, Selma Sapphire, all of these incredible performers. Lillian Stardust is, my point is there's so many. Yeah. Lucy LaPesh, Miss Hiss, I love burlesque because they have all of these different types of storytelling um, and they're all different and mm. all different body types and drag is like that too. And so getting to do draglesque has been really, really cool because I love that it's just another way I can tell stories. It's just mm -hmm. another way I can share my art and share the experience of it. So yeah. also it's sexy. Let's be realistic. It's <laughs> sexy. It's nice. Yes. Um, of course, not all drag is inherently sexual, but right. I do like incorporating some elements of draglesque in situations where it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And I the first time I saw you perform was well, I always love I lo always love when you're going to be performing. You're one of my favorite performers. I mean, we haven't told you that, but you are, but I but the the first time I saw you perform, I think it was at somewhere and you were doing like it was like a dra drag last number and I was just like 
I was just blown away. And every time I see you perform, I, I just love how you are able to intermix the play with everything and your energy. It's just, it's just really fantastic. So I, for folks who are listening or watching, definitely, you know, if you do get a chance to check out one of Buck's shows, you will definitely be, um, you'll, you'll enjoy it for sure. Thank you. And, and just because um, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff in the politics and just in the air, especially here in Idaho around drag um, and transness. And you had kind of alluded like about the idea that you are, you love the sexy part of drag, but there's also, it's not always sexual. So do you wanna maybe share a little bit about where your experience has been with all this stuff, all this noise? <laughs> all the noise, ah, yes. Well, yeah. uh, the first bill that is in the state house right now, I mean, there's a lot of bills of interest, of course, but yes. this one specifically, um, there is a bill, HB 71, which is wanting to essentially ban gender affirming care for trans youth, anybody under 18. Um, and that's not just surgeries, that's hormone blockers um, or puberty blockers, rather hormones, any kind of pharmaceutical care. Um, mm -hmm. Pardon my French, but to that I say bullshit. Um, nobody is coming out here and trying to mutilate their children which is what a lot of yeah. i think folks are arguing that's the um, rhetoric yeah that's the rhetoric and it's bullshit because yeah. nobody is like you know it would be fun being trans because yeah. it's fucking hard to be trans it's not easy nobody's like yeah. mm, you know what would be fun because the thing is like being trans means a lifetime of potentially getting misgendered it means a lifetime of people telling you that you don't exist it it's so fucking hard to be trans and yeah, it's really fucking hard to be trans. And so for kids, the thing is like, I think a lot of people don't understand is that if we do not allow kids to have gender affirming healthcare, they will not make it to 18. They might not make it to 18. Um, you know, I, was fortunate that my experience with gender dysphoria has been very minimal in comparison to some stories that I have heard. But I think the statistic, according to the Trevor Project, and double check me on this, but I think the statistic is one in four of trans youth um, seriously contemplate or attempt suicide. Mm -hmm. And that's an alarming statistic. Yeah. An alarming statistic. You know, and I think it's like every 45 seconds in America. And that's alarming. That's terrifying. And yeah. a lot of that is this gender dysphoria that these kids will now be forced to feel if they cannot get gender affirming care. Um, right. And so I think that it's really important right now that we stand up to protect our trans kids. Um, as a trans person, as somebody who wants children one day. I want my kids and all kids to be able to get the health care that they need yeah. because it's necessary health care. Um, and then the drag ban bill, uh, we can yeah. talk about that too. So just as a trans person and as a drag performer, I'm, you know, yeah. it's an interesting time to be in Idaho. I Great. have lived in Idaho my whole life. Um, I was born here. I was raised here. And something that, 
I want to clarify is that nobody is here arguing that kids should be exposed to sexual material. Kids should absolutely yeah. not be exposed to obscenity. But the thing that I want to argue is this bill, as it is worded, is unconstitutionally vague. Um, and that's the issue really with it. I mean, of yeah. course, there's a lot of issues with it. But if we're talking constitutionally, drag is protected by our First Amendment rights. Obscenity is not. Right. But the thing is, drag is not inherently obscene. The issue with the bill specifically is the wording of the bill. It's yeah. too vague. And the thing is, because it is vague, that means that it is not constitutional. Um, yeah. So, you know, essentially, we already have laws that protect kids and anybody from experiencing obscenity in public places. We already have laws for that. Right. Basically, what this ban would do is arm people with tools to be homophobic or transphobic yeah. in public. Um, that's really what it does. It doesn't. It doesn't say, "Hey, you, you know, you're protecting your kids against seeing something sexual." That's already illegal. That's right. already illegal. You know what it does do, though, is you know, if I'm walking down the street wearing a button-up and pants. I can get harassed for that and it's protected legally, which is frustrating right. because I mean, who the hell, you know, AFAB or not does, who the hell cares if I walk down the street in a button up and pants? Um, right. You know, there's already such strict regulations around public drag events, brunches, pride, you know, these are already so, so, so strictly tailored for all ages audiences. Right. That I feel that this bill, this ban, isn't necessary. We already yeah. have these laws that are protecting kids from obscenity. Um, it's not about protecting kids. Right. Really, it's not. It's about allowing people tools to be homophobic and transphobic. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. So I think that if you want to stand with drag, I think everybody should stand with drag for yeah. all of the reasons I've talked about this entire video. Um, but the thing about Boise and Idaho that's so beautiful is that it's people have this incredible capacity to love each other. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I grew up here. I was born here. I was raised here. I've swam in the mountains. I've explored the rivers. I've, I've swam in the rivers. I've explored the mountains. <laughs> you know, swimming in mountains. It's we fine. Gotcha. You know, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I've never worried about breaking down on the side of the road because I know somebody will be there to fix it. What Idahoans do is we love each other and we care for each other. And we need to do that now. Mm -hmm. Because our LGBTQ community and our drag community needs it now more than ever. So write your legislators, write in support of Idaho drag. I'm standing with Idaho drag, obviously. And yeah. I'm asking fellow Idahoans to do the same because Idahoans will always do what's right. And this is what's right. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, and that's the thing, it's gotta take more than just us drag artists and us trans people to really, um, you know, I think pull some weight with some of this. And it, and it is unfortunate because most people do not think the way that these things are saying, you know what I mean? Like most people are pretty cool with us and they get it and they understand us. And most of the stuff that's being said, is just, it's just not even true. 
Like it's just made up stuff, you know, it's stuff that hasn't even been a problem. So that's the thing. And I know like for folks, it might seem like it seemed ridiculous at first that there would be an anti-drag bill or any of this sort of stuff. It seems so far-fetched and so like such a stretch. And to see that it's actually like happening is is pretty surprising. Yeah, I will say it's been wildly surprising. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that you know, of course, the situation with the house has already happened. There is still chances to fight this. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly when. I think I know um, HB seventy one is going to be in front of committee. I think at one o'clock next Friday. Um, I don't know when exactly the drag ban bill will be in front of the Senate Affairs Affairs Committee, but there is still time to fight yeah. this. Yes, it's surprising and it sucks. And I think nobody ever, I don't think anybody was like, hmm, this is going to happen. I didn't have this yeah. on my 2023 bingo card for sure. Right. Which sucks. But there's still time to fight this, you know? And, and the thing is, as shitty as it is, um, my voice isn't as loud. My voice doesn't carry as much as an ally's will. That's the thing. I will not be taken as seriously, likely, but an ally's voice and mine will. One person cannot make a huge impact, but multiple people can. Yeah. If we all stand together, drag performers, burlesque performers, allies, the trans community, the LGBTQ community, everybody, if everybody stands up, we can protect our trans kids. We can protect our drag performers because, I mean, realistically, we are such a central, as trans people and as drag performers, we are such a central part of what makes the LG, LGBTQ plus community thrive. Yes. Without us, we lose a really important chunk of our community so mm -hmm. we all have to stand up if you are an ally if you have been to pride if you have tipped me at a fucking drag gig i do not care if you have come to a drag gig if you have come to a gay bar whoever you are support drag support trans kids and stand for us now mm -hmm. we need you now Yes, yes. Preach. I know you're not a spiritual person. Preach. <laughs> uh, George, Georgia says that uh, she likes this explanation. Yeah, very, very well said. Um, and for folks, we will, I'll try to connect you uh, in the description with links to how you can get involved um, locally in your local area when it comes to these, these uh, drag bands and trans bands and how you can kind of just support the community as a whole. Jesse Coburn says mad support for from Washington State. So Washington State is in support as well. And then Stephen is saying we all must stand together. It's so great to get so much um, interaction from folks right at the end of um, <laughs> our podcast. It's really perfect timing. I do want to give you one more chance to speak to um, anything that you maybe haven't got a chance to speak to yet um, or you just want to say again. Um. Just to say again, um, I want Whatever. to, yeah, just, I want to make sure that, you know, write your legislators, write to the people who support or write to the people who make the rules, I guess I should say, and vote, vote in your local elections, because realistically, those are the people who make the rules for where you live. And those are the people who will make the laws and make the rules for 
the communities that impact you, for the communities that you live in, vote. Get out on election day, even the small ones, even the small ones. Get out there and vote. Write your legislators. Be involved. Follow groups like ACLU if you're in Idaho. Um, ACLU, Add the Words, these are all incredible groups that can show you how to get involved. So write to your legislators. The Balcony Club somewhere, um, they both have pre-addressed postcards. So literally all you have to do is write a postcard. Um, there are so many different ways to get involved. And I just want to reiterate, if you support drag, if you have ever supported drag, if you have ever supported the gay community, the lesbian community, the trans community, the bisexual, the list goes on. If you have ever supported the LGBTQ plus community, if you have ever been to Pride or anything like that, if you have ever cared, now is the time to stand up. Now is the time to be visible. And Steven says the biggest problem is getting under 40. Yeah, I mean, I'm 24. I'm vote vote if you are under 40 if you're over 40 i don't care how old you are if you are able to vote yeah. vote yeah and i think the key is too is to get involved in local government as well because even if for whatever reason things go through the way they're going to go through we can potentially undo them rock metal is asking could there potentially be a federal government could they overturn it potentially i haven't heard a lot of talk about that it seems like a lot of things are very state uh, oriented and lo very localized, you know, in time potentially, but all that stuff can take time. So in the meantime, too, they're also banning a lot of books. They're doing a lot of things to erase the LGBTQ people, our history, and our, our now, our existence. And so get involved in whatever way that you can, um, wherever you are at. And um, we are um, out of time, but I am just so grateful that um, you were able to take the time this evening to have a conversation with me. I felt like this was a really great um, interview, and um, I hope that folks listening were able to um, get something from this beautiful share. Um, and uh, to I will give me like a few minutes if you're actually watching live <laughs> um, to get the links in the description so that you can get connected locally. And if for whatever reason you can't find the links, just direct message me or I'm sure you could reach out to Buck directly uh, or on their social media uh, on Instagram at Buck Delicious the Drag King. So, all right, everyone, take care and have a good night. Bye bye.